Welcome to the Forager Podcast, where I talk with cottage food entrepreneurs about their strategies for running a food business from home. I'm David Crable, and today I'm talking with Tilawania Ely. But real quick, I wanted to check, have you created a website for your business yet? And if you have, do you pay for it? A lot of entrepreneurs still think they need to spend money to get a good website, and that is simply not true anymore. I am a really big fan of Square Online. That's what I use for my Fudge Business website, and I created a free tutorial that will walk you through how to set up a totally free website in less than an hour. And in case you think free also means cheap, it's actually quite the opposite. I think Square Online is hands down the very best website tool for most cottage food businesses, and it's even better than any of the other paid services out there. So if you want to learn more, you can watch my free tutorial by going to forger.com slash website. All right, so I have Tilawania Ely on the show today. Tilawania lives in Lithia Springs, Georgia, and sells gourmet and alcohol-infused popcorn, as well as other treats, with her cottage food business, Sweet Caramel Desserts. Tilawania started making caramel apples and other treats many years ago, and finally started selling them in 2015. But after a few years, she added a new product, popcorn, and that's when her sales significantly increased. She makes every kind of popcorn you could imagine, including alcohol-infused popcorn and custom-colored popcorn. But here's the thing. With a full-time job, kids, and other daily life tasks, it has not been easy for her to find the time to be consistent with her business. Tilawani is not shy to admit that even after over five years of running her business, sales are still not where she'd like them to be. But I will say this, it's certainly not for a lack of trying. She has tried many different things in her business, different products, different sales avenues, different marketing techniques. Some have worked and most haven't. But little by little, her business continues to grow. So today you get a look into a cottage food business that, like many businesses, is still in search of those elusive, consistent sales. And with that, let's jump right into this episode. Welcome to the show, Tilawania. Nice to have you here. Thank you for the invite. So can you take me back? I know that you've been selling food for a very long time. Can you take me back to when this all got started? I started doing treats when my kids were a little younger. So I would do them for the kids in the neighborhood, candy apples and things like that, just to give to the children in the neighborhood. So that's pretty much where it started or making desserts for my place of employment. And was that in 2007? It goes all the way back. Yeah, it could be 2007. Yeah. Were you actually selling your caramel apples at that time? At that time, it was just giving them away to the um, kids or making treats for company events just to bring when they bring potluck or something like that. I would always bring the desserts and things like that. Okay, so you're experimenting, you're making a lot, you're giving them away. When did you actually start to sell items? Starting selling items, probably around 2015, 2016, to just start selling website on the website and stuff like that. And then I noticed it's a couple of years later that you actually started your Facebook page. You know, were you just growing pretty slowly in the first couple of years? And like, how did you start putting yourself out there? It was just Facebook. Really, it was more so of a hobby because I, I work full time. So it wasn't nothing that I was 100% and doing, which I still do it 
part-time because I still work full-time. And given that you've been making these for many, many years without selling them, you're just giving them away. What caused you to start to want to sell them? Just seeing that people were asking for them and it was a, I could make money doing it. So I decided to start my business. I actually was doing treats and then I migrated over to doing just mostly popcorn and stuff. Yeah, it's interesting. I've noticed that you've changed your business in a number of ways over the years. So when you first started to sell, what did you think the business would look like? Um, when I first started to sell, I thought I was going to do the typical treats of the strawberries, cupcakes, and all of the treats that you see nowadays. But then I realized that was kind of time-consuming, and I wanted something that I could do fairly quick and taste good. So how long were you doing the treats? I know you did like chocolate-covered strawberries and candy apples and things. How long were you doing that before you did the popcorn? I just started focusing on the popcorn in the last two years. Did you notice certain people like gravitating towards certain items of yours? The chocolate-covered strawberries were the most popular. But like I said, it wasn't a full-fledged online business because it was like sporadic orders. I wasn't focused on it that much. If you wanted to order something, fine. It wasn't big on marketing and promoting like that. Mostly people that I knew. Well, you're doing caramel apples. Those tend to be very big during the holiday season. So were those like the popular thing during the holidays or was it? still your chocolate-covered strawberries. If I did the caramel apples, most of those were given to friends for gifts or something like that. It wasn't so much of a selling item. So it was family and friends that I would give them to during the holiday. Now, I noticed that your business name is Sweet Caramel Desserts, and I thought maybe you chose that name because you were starting with caramel apples, but obviously your business encompasses a lot more than just caramel apples. Right. Just coming up with the name was like, okay, well, we do sweets. Also, the stuff that we do may include caramel and I do dessert sometimes. I was thinking about changing it, but I don't think so at this time. (laughs) Well, I know that you also used to be Sweet Caramel Desserts and Catering LLC, and it seems like you've changed it now. You've you shortened it? Yes. I took off the catering part because I realized that that's not what I was going to do, like catering. I'm just going to do the sweets, and that's it. So you said that the orders were kind of sporadic in the first few years. Do you have any sense for like how many orders you're doing per month? No, I don't. Like I said, it wasn't business based. It's basically whenever family or friends wanted something or I was in the mood to give things away. It wasn't the constant ordering and orders back to back. No. If I'm getting this right, like it sounds like your business really started to pick up when you introduced the popcorn. Is that right? It picked up a little bit more when I introduced the popcorn and I started out. And when I first introduced it, I put it on Etsy and it kind of blew up a little bit from there. It was a lot more orders that way. But 
Website orders is not at where I would like it to be at this time. So you were shipping nationwide, I assume, on Etsy? At Etsy, it was nationwide. But now that I'm under the college food law, I'm not on Etsy anymore. And I can only ship in Georgia. Can you talk a little bit about what flavors? And I know you do custom colors. Like what is uh, special about your popcorn? What's special about my popcorn is that it's delicious. And I do custom colors, different flavors. As far as candy, popcorn, you can go from cherry, watermelon, grape, pineapple flavors as such. When I do the alcohol infused, you can have Hennessy, Crown, pretty much any alcohol that you would like. It's a big misconception that you would get intoxicated from the popcorn and you don't. It's just a flavor enhancer for those types of popcorn. You can also have colored caramel popcorn and flavor, different flavors as that as well. I actually notice, I mean, I know some people might have a mixed conception that they can get intoxicated on the popcorn, but I saw a couple reviews, negative reviews that said that they were disappointed because they thought there should be more alcohol content in the popcorn. And that's the misconception that people have because they believe that because it's alcohol infused that they will be laying out in the floor. Um, No, if you want to have more of that taste of you want to buzz, you have to indulge with the popcorn along with the particular alcohol that you are looking for. Have you had to like educate customers? Yeah, but most parts you have to tell some people and then some people do understand that it's a flavor enhancer. Then you have those that are looking for a particular buzz that's not going to happen with the popcorn. What would you say in terms of sales? Like, has the alcoholic popcorn been the most popular or have the regular flavors been more popular? I have regular flavors that are more popular, even though the alcohol is intriguing to some people. But for the most part, the flavor lovers are caramel, apple caramel, and anything cheesy. Well, what I thought was really interesting is that I noticed you have all these tiers of products. And so on the popcorn side of things, you have just like basic popcorn. Then you've got signature popcorn, specialty popcorn, adult popcorn. So you've got all these different levels that people can buy in at that are different price points. And I also noticed that you do the same thing for other items, right? Like you have all these different tiers for caramel apples, different tiers for cookies, different tiers for cupcakes. Is that something that you intentionally do to try to like maximize your revenue? Well, because we have to understand that each ingredient, it's expensive to put pecans and things. It's expensive to do anything that you're baking from a cottage food perspective. Um, it's not mass produced, though. So therefore, I do that to, okay, if you just want basic, I wouldn't make you pay the same thing it was if I've added all of these extra ingredients in. So that's where the tier comes from. The reason why I ask is because uh, just going back to my economics class in college, like the concept is that if you offer different price levels for different customers, you can get more customers because you're meeting different people's price needs. And it doesn't sound like that was your intent, but the theory would be that you're actually able to sell more and at a higher price because you're selling to different types of customers at their price level. 
Right. That is a good economical concept. And you would think that that will work, but it's sometimes it's still too high, right? The prices at the basic level is still too high for some people. And like I said, the sales is not where I want it to be uh, as far as the business goes. Well, I actually was a, a little bit surprised at your pricing. It did look like you have very, uh, you have significantly high prices. I mean, I wouldn't say they're too high, but you know, they're definitely not too low, right? And so, how have you changed your pricing over time? Um, when you go to the grocery store, there's inflated prices. I've charged prices, and people say, "Oh, you're not charging enough." Sixteen dollars for a bag of popcorn was not enough, and I'm thinking that to myself is too high, or it's kind of expensive on the high end. But then you have people that will say you're undercharging for your product. You never know; like you can't please everyone. So, what are your prices today? It can go for popcorn starting at twelve dollars and up. Candy apples for half a dozen, you can get it's twenty five dollars, and that's pretty much how it is. Yeah, I mean, it's $25 if you do like small half dozen apples, but then if you did like a large dozen, it would go up to 72. So you definitely have quite a variation of pricing there. And it looks like you used to, you done sales of like $2 for a candy apple, but you're currently selling them for like over $4 each, right? Four fifty for a candy apple. And it just goes into pricing when you have to price things out and how much the ingredients are. I did see on a number of posts that you were just clarifying that an order is not in until it's paid for. Have you had an issue with people paying? It just sounded like that was kind of a struggle. Um, No, you just have to clarify to people that just because they've inquired about something and if you haven't paid, then you haven't placed an order. Sometimes people get confused by that and they're looking for something. Oh, well, I thought I had an order, but you hadn't paid. You just have to let people know, even though that should be common sense for some people. It's not. You just have to let people know. So I know you do custom colors of popcorn. That's a very interesting concept. Where do you get your colors from for your popcorn? You can buy colors at Hobby Lobby. It's just food coloring. I order different brands. I have Chef Masters. I have um, Sunny. It's a lot of different brands that I have. Well, I saw that you have different flavors of your candy apples and, you know, a lot of unique flavors. But I was wondering, how do you flavor your apples different flavors? You can buy the flavor oils from Lorian Oil and Flavor Company. And it just comes in different flavors. It's just like flavoring a cake. It's the same concept. So as you build this business, I know you started doing popcorn a few years after you started you know, selling. And then obviously ran into the pandemic. Did the pandemic affect your business in any way and how so? It really didn't affect me. It's the same orders that I do is just whenever people want something, I fix them. Pretty much during the pandemic, it was about the same. So you weren't doing anything in-person events or anything before the pandemic? No. Well, it looked like you've done quite a few pop-ups since the pandemic, correct? Yes, we've done a pop-up last year. So we did do pop-ups during the pandemic. They did throw on one. Well, you had masks, it was cold. But yeah, now that I think about it, I did do a pop-up. 
Well, it seems like you've done more and more pop-ups as time moved forward. So have you just been finding more success through the in-person events? I like to do the one that I do. I just did one yesterday. Well, you can get your name out. People see you. They remember you. I've been doing that with that same event, pop-up company, since last year. I think it was no year before. And I like it. And at the events, is it the same thing? Like popcorn is selling the best? And are you bringing everything to the events? What do you typically bring? I sell popcorn for the most part at the events. That's my purpose. So everybody pretty much has something different that they're vending. I'm the popcorn vendor. And yes, they're usually waiting on me to arrive. And they're at the table before I can get my stuff set up. How do you actually make your popcorn? What equipment do you use? I have commercial equipment as well as I can use, do it the basic way, good old stove. So it just depends on the, the amount that I need to put out. If I want to put out large numbers, I will use my caramel maker. I have an industrial popcorn machine. If I just have small orders, I use the basic way on the stove top in the oven. Do you remember what the brand names of the commercial equipment you have are? I bought them from Gold Metal Popcorn Company. And when did you decide to invest in commercial equipment? I believe I bought that equipment about a, a year and a half ago. Because I actually had bought it, but I never did open it. I kept it in my garage for a while. So about a year and a half ago. Did you feel like you were just getting orders that were too big and that you couldn't handle them without having something better? I prefer to buy the equipment because if I do events, Sometimes it takes me days because I'm a single person having to do everything. With the machine versus taking an hour to produce, it takes 20 minutes. So it just depends on what I'm trying to accomplish at that time. And notice that you used to sell popcorn by the pound. I don't think that you do that anymore, correct? I don't do it by the pound anymore. It was sold by the pound if somebody asked for a bulk order for a party or event. And that was mostly when I was on Etsy. So I no longer do that anymore. And I noticed that you have advertised that you do weddings, wedding favors. Have you done a number of weddings? I've done wedding favors. The last one that I've done, I think it was February. It seems like you've tried a lot of things in your business and changed things over time. You've tried to do a raffle at one point to do a giveaway. I know people have done a giveaway, but you actually tried to run it as a raffle where people paid to get into the giveaway. Do you remember how well that worked? It didn't work very well because I'm not as social on, I guess it's who you know and being social on social media. I'm not really out there one of those social media type of people that put my face up there and do a lot of marketing. I don't do that. Most times I don't have the time to do. That's why I know that My business can be further than what it is. I just don't have the time. I work a full-time job in leadership. Some things just that I try, it doesn't work. I'm in the entrepreneurial community and it's certain things that they ask us to do and it doesn't work for me out of time, the things that they ask to do. What is this entrepreneurial community? It's a community where entrepreneurs get together and discuss and share ideas and learn from each other. And it's just a, a local thing. It's virtual. Oh, okay. It's a virtual thing. So is it something that people attend across the nation? Yes, across.
information. What What is the community in case people are interested in joining? It's Baking for Business. Is that like a Facebook group or is it a membership website? It's both. It's on Facebook. If they find it on Facebook, then I'm sure within their posting, it'll tell them all the information that they need. Who runs that? Chef Schomburg, Amanda Schomburg. So have you found that participating in an entrepreneur group like that has been helpful? It gives me insight on things as far as marketing and different things that you can do for us, virtual and social media. But everything does not apply to me because I'm not technically a baker. I'm a popcorn business, a treat business. And most people in the group are bakers or something of the sort. So are there things that you wish you could do with your business and you say you don't have the time for them, but are they things you wish you could do if you did have the time to improve it? Just learn more about marketing, get my name out there, and have more time for events, and that's it. What are some of the marketing things that you can remember trying that you feel like you thought were going to work or hoped were going to work, but then they didn't, they fell flat? I've done all types of things. I've spent money on Instagram, advertising, Facebook, other ads, flyers, just a lot of different things. And it's just, I know from being in the community that it's consistency. And I, as I stated, I don't have the time to stay consistent. I don't have that type of time, but it's coming along. Well, you have in the past done like discounts. I've seen you've offered discounts. Have those boosted sales? Not necessarily. And then to offering discounts it only brings you discount customers. I also noticed that you tried to put together like a pack for kids' parties. How did that work? It was a few orders from there, but I'm constantly evolving. Some things I do and then other things I won't do. So it's just a lot going on with my business from year it's been multiple years just trying to find the niche trying to find my comfort zone to move forward that's all where do you feel like your business would need to be for you to feel like you're really happy with where it is just having more frequent orders or inquiries just a more consistent feel of the business even though i can tell that it's evolving and it's coming along so in due time don't you think that, like, I guess you don't have the time for it, but like adding events, right, would add the consistency, right? Right. I'm by myself. <laughs> I have to keep that in consideration. And it's time consuming type thing to make a product, to package it, to label it according to the standards. I have a lot to do when I have to do an event. It's just like the event I did yesterday. I had no sleep for two days because I have to prepare. So I can't do that all the time. So I know you used to sell on Etsy and it sounds like there were more consistent orders when you were selling on Etsy. Is your sole reason for not selling on Etsy anymore just to be within the realm of the cottage food law? That would be one. I think a lot of our problem is that I do find myself more concerned with doing things legally, which sometimes holds me back because I won't take certain steps if I don't have the proper certificates. And, and I'm like, I had to learn to stop comparing myself to other businesses that may not be following the rules. And two, I was selling mostly my infused popcorn on Etsy. 
And Etsy has become oversaturated with that industry or that genre of popcorn, I'm confused. So I just step away from it right now. And then they begin to start the fees. The more money that I make, I'm paying them a lot more because they charge you for the ad. They charge you if someone buys, they charge you a fee. Then you have to pay, even though you get the discounts on the shipping it's kind of not adding up when you get to the end of the day. Like, that's a lot of money I'm having to pay Etsy. So I don't have to scale back from that and revisit. You said you you haven't been super social on social media, but you have posted quite a lot on social media. And I don't know, it seems like you've been fairly active on social media. Do you think just the lack of consistency is what's kept it from growing? The lack of consistency and they want you to, one of the strategies is to show your face. That's something that I still have difficulty with. I don't like to do that. Um, As far as live videos and stuff like that, it's going to take me a minute to get there. Everything is not for everybody. That being said, I saw a post from you where you said that, you know, you're really glad that you joined Instagram. I think you maybe got more attention on Instagram. Is that correct? Different avenues open up different doors. People get to see you. So most times I'm grateful. I'm grateful for one or two likes. You'll see posts on that too. I just make Instagram posts being thankful and grateful for the small things. I also noticed that you have started an email list or at least tried to build an email list. Have you gotten people on the email list? Have you been sending emails out to people? What have you learned from that? People join my emails when they place orders on my website. So I do have email lists. Sometimes I send out a newsletter and different things like that. So it's still trying to get it to grow. You know, just put it out there to join the email list. I saw a post where you said your friends will patronize everybody but you, indicating that your friends weren't supporting you. Am I reading that right? That's correct. You know, most times your family and friends are the ones that will not support you. You get more support from people that you don't know. And I find that to be true. That's interesting. I I feel like, I don't know, I'm not saying that it's the opposite, but I don't think I've ever heard that from anybody before. Do you feel like it's because you're giving things away for so long and then they didn't want to support you when you're trying to collect money and actually make some money from all your effort? That could be the reason, but some people just choose not to support the people that they know. This is universal. I mean, I'm not the only one that's saying that, so it's been out there for a while. So do you feel like it's been a struggle to build this business? Yes, I believe it's been a struggle to build this business, but I choose not to give up on it. I've been going on for a long time, be it a hobby or be it part-time, so it's a struggle. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have not given up and you've been doing it for quite some time. So what keeps you motivated? What keeps you moving forward? Because it's something that I created and something that I want to do, even if it's minimal. I'm grateful for even the minute increase. Be grateful over little things. And that's what I am. I'm grateful for. And it just keeps me busy, keeps me in the loop, learning new things, presenting my product. I'm satisfied with my product because I don't like to put out mess. It's going to be good if I'm going to put it out. Of course, you know that you can't please everybody. I've had people write a review on me and had never purchased from me. So you just have to be leery of the people of the world. I actually saw a number of inspirational posts on your social media pages. 
does the business inspire you or help you grow? It's inspirational posts to let people know that just keep going no matter what it looks like. And plus those are challenges as well from the entrepreneur group. We have guidelines and certain days she just post it. She said post inspirational things or testimonials or certain things. But for the most part, for me, it's inspiring. And I'm not just talking to other people. I have to talk to myself. Does the entrepreneur group also challenge you to like post a picture of yourself? Because I've seen a number of pictures of yourself on your social media pages. And I'll go back and delete it. (laughs) But no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they do. Well, you've left a number of them up there. I mean, I've seen I've seen a number of pictures of you up on your social media accounts. So, yeah, I try, I try. I'm still struggling with the live. I can't do the live shit though. I, I try once, but I don't know. And two, I feel like I'm still learning social media. I tell my kids all the time. I'm confused. Sometimes I'm like, I just, I'm looking for stuff. Like, I know it was there. I know I saw a notification, but how do you get to it? So I feel like, I hope that people that reach out to me, I don't don't think I'm ignoring them, but I can't find it. So it sounds like you were trying to really push like website orders for a long time. I mean, still are. And you obviously did the Etsy thing. You've also done pop-ups too. Is that pretty much the scope of how you've sold your products? Yes, online. I prefer that you order online. And it just helps track better. It helps you see what's wet and also helps you, you know, have a report because it's all the behind the scenes things that have to be done when you place orders or when you make money, basically. But, you know, trying to push that, a lot of people just want to tear you over the phone. I just want to tell you, no, it's a process. (laughs) I just can't do it like that. I guess that's a hard thing is that you're trying to optimize or makes a process very time efficient because you don't have a lot of time. Whereas I feel like a lot of business as it grows, it's like very time intensive for a while. And then as it becomes successful, that's when you start optimizing and making things like the ordering process efficient. Yeah, it's a lot of us full time working entrepreneurs out here. So still work full time, still have family, still have kids and all types of things going on oh yeah i mean most i'd say the majority of people on my podcast they work full-time you know in addition to their business and you got family on top of that it's it's always a problem it's always hard to figure out how to squeeze the hours in like what have you learned about time management or how do you find the time to do the business the honesty that i have for myself and i'm 100 i am time challenged in life, sometimes I don't even realize the date or the time, but what I try to do is do a little bit here or there. Work on my website, work on this, work on that. Let's try it because I know that I'm a, a very time challenge. Do you feel like you're always doing everything at the last minute? I do. I do. And I, I've been trying to work on that lately to try to do better with that. But I do. I find myself going and like, oh, well, I got time when I really don't have the time to do that. Do you feel like you've improved your time management over the last five years or so that you've been running the business? Yeah, I'm learning that I have to start sooner. I'm learning how to plan out certain things, you know, especially when I had a corporate order. So I'm working on that. 
it really worked out this time because I was able to plan it out and not wait to the last minute. And then I saw that that really helped, but that's a challenge for me. And I'm still working on that. So as you look forward into the future, where would you like this business to go? I would like it for it to be the household name for a gourmet popcorn and adult savory popcorn. So why do you love selling popcorn? Why do you love this business so much? Popcorn is good. It's something that most people like. They watch movies, different, you know, it's just comforting to me. And I like it because it allows me to come up with different flavor combinations and different things that people are shocked when they see that I have this flavor and like, oh my God, you have this? I can't believe you have that. So that's what keeps me going with the popcorn. It looked like you had quite a bit of creativity that you're just constantly creating new things, new flavors. Is it kind of a creative outlet for you? Yeah, I try to think of new things like, mm, how would this taste? Or that would be good. I want to do like a dessert line. So I have banana pudding. I have strawberry cheesecake. I have lemon pound cake. I have stuff like that. And people are like, I can't believe you have like banana pudding, popcorn and stuff like that. So, yeah. You do have a very large array of different types of items, different flavors, different ingredients, like you must just have so many things on hand. Yeah, I keep some things as far as the flavors on hand. I buy bulk for my popcorn and different like that. But yeah, it's beginning to be a bit much for the house. So right now, currently, we are in construction. So my basement to be able to add me an area. I'm having a kitchen put in my basement so I can move out the top of my house to the bottom. Have you thought about turning that into like a commercial kitchen down there so that you can do even more like you could ship nationwide legally? That's a thought. I need to ask about that. I was just going to get a regular kitchen, like a little kitchenette down there. Yeah, I mean, I can't say it's super easy or super inexpensive to do it. But if you're building a kitchen anyway, and you haven't built it yet, I'm not sure how much extra cost it would be. I'm sure there would be a significant extra cost, but definitely something that you should look into. Talk to the health department or maybe in Georgia's ag department. Just talk to them and figure out what they would need for it to be licensed and inspected as a commercial kitchen. And if you have that, then you would be free to ship nationwide, sell on Etsy, do any of that legally, and you'd be able to produce most anything that you wanted. Right. Well, thank you so much to Lawania for coming on the show. Now, if people would like to learn more about your business, how can they find you or how can they reach out? I'm on Instagram and Facebook with Sweet Caramel Desserts. My website is www.sweetcaramelldesserts.com. If you want to reach out via email, it's treats at sweetcaramel.com. And that's how you can reach me. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing with us today. <laughs> thank you. That wraps up another episode of the Forger podcast. For more information about this episode, go to forger.com slash podcast slash 73. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a quick moment right now and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. 
It doesn't have to be a long review, but it's truly the best way to support this show and help others like you find this podcast. And finally, if you're thinking about selling your own homemade food, check out my free mini course where I walk you through the steps you need to take to get a cottage food business off the ground. To get the course, go to cottagefoodcourse.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.